Passage 8 Companions lost and whirlwinds tossed. The Troll King was worried. He furrowed his brow, for the unicorn's coat was enchanted. The hair was too normal, as dull as a cow's, but a vile wizard's spell was implanted. There was darkness afoot. He reached to his toe and extracted a thick greenish jelly that he placed in a jar where a fungus would grow for a healing balm terribly smelly. He brought forth the gorn to honk the great horn and call all the fairy folk down. A huddle was held in a dell for to warn of the threat to the grove and their town. The folk were upset and some visibly wept while those able were dressing in armour. But to their last breath they would fight to the death to protect all from baby to farmer. They formed into lines and one group at a time ventured forwards to reach the hook's shadow, singing war songs in rhyme in the deep winter time to face what awaits at the meadow. King Cullum gasped as they came to a crag, looking over the cliff to beneath. A huge goblin horde with a black battle flag made its way to the fairy folk heath. King Cullum, watching with beady black eyes, saw a fast-moving shape on the track. Ahead of the goblins, a troll with the prize of a fairy queen strapped to his back. A voice called out from the dark chasm. I'm... I'm okay! A short chuckle followed, and the tubby gnomling floated slowly upward, out of the darkness. In his hands he clasped a purple bauble. Quilby's three companions were stunned. They'd gone from fear, to shock, to loss, on to amazement, and had finally landed on confusion. None of them were sure how to feel, or what to say. Huh? What? what? How? asked Ash in wonder. I uh, remember the levitation spell I... I, I had in my hat, said Quilby. You, you know, I really think I'm becoming a m m more confident m m magician. But phew, that sure was a c c c close one. With that, he floated nonchalantly up through the hole in the bridge and, taking hold of its rungs, guided himself toward the ledge. Once there, he tossed the levitation bauble into the air. It slowly rose up toward the glowworm-covered ceiling. Ash, meanwhile, clambered along the rest of the bridge and joined the others on the ledge. He shook himself out of his shock and looked closely at the self-satisfied expression on his friend's face. Wait a minute, Quill, he said. Just when exactly did you realize you had a levitation spell hanging around in your hat? Uh, oh, me. You know, um, said Quilby evasively, when I was uh, just about to fall. When exactly, Quill? 
asked Ash. It, it's n n not important, I, I, is it, Ash? said Quilby. It, isn't it enough to know where we're all s s safe? Ash frowned at his gnomling friend. Quilby's right, said Oscar, in a serious tone, but with a twinkle in his eye. Now, come along, Nimsy, let's find that spider silk net. Ash groaned and covered his face with his hands, while the others collapsed in gales of laughter. It, it's okay, Nimsy, said a still chuckling Quilby. I, I won't tell my brothers, but, but I c can't believe I finally got it out of you. <laughs> you two rascals, said Ash. D -d Don't worry, Ash. We, we, we won't continue to tease you about it, said Quilby with a smile. <laughs> well, it's funny. Now that it's out there, I don't know why it was such of a big deal. Anyway... When they managed to recover somewhat, the companions began making their way along the ledge to the passage they had spied earlier. To their relief, as the ledge was around ten feet wide, they were able to steer well clear of the drop to the chasm below. Their progress was briefly interrupted when, high above, the bauble sputtered, then fell, smashing down onto the stone of the ledge. Its sharp descent reinforced how, up here, this slow, weighty feeling that filled the room below had lifted entirely. They could also see this in the movement of the fireflies. At the height of the ledge, they zipped around, but beneath the ledge, their dance was sluggish. They soon reached the passage and saw that it led off at a downward angle. Fifty feet down its length, they could see a warm, golden light shining dimly against the cave wall. The group moved carefully down the passage, Oscar and Ash taking the lead. The lit wall turned out to be a T-junction. The warm glow of light came from the right-hand path. The left-hand path had an altogether different feel. It was inky black and uncomfortable. Too dark. Too stale. Mm, I think we should go this way, said Oscar, nodding his head toward the glow. The others agreed and moved quickly past him onto the right-hand path, none too eager to linger. Oscar shone his torch down into the darkness to his left. The light didn't reach far. The passage remained dark as coal. <sighs> Not going down there, he mumbled before hurrying after the others. In the new passage, the glow of light radiated from around a bend up ahead. They crept closer their careful approach becoming routine, then peeked cautiously around the corner, where the glow revealed a further chamber opening off the passage. As amazing as the cavern with the dancing fireflies had been, the smaller chamber they now found put that to shame. Laid out below them, and piled high in every corner, were more treasures than any of them had ever seen, sparkling and shining in the light of fiery torches that sat in beautifully crafted silver sconces on the walls. This room had it all, from mounds of gold to shining silver swords, from large chests overflowing with jewels and coins, to books and scrolls adorning ancient wooden shelves and tables. Oh, wow! So, so this is why they, they call it the Gifting Grotto, Quilby breathed, awestruck. 
Where did this all come from? asked Rosa as she admired a fine-looking jewellery box. I'm not sure, Rosa, said Quilby. But, but be very careful. This, this place is t -t testing us. Making sure we're worthy of, of what it has to give. D don't touch or take anything. But, but, but what? Quilby trailed off, his attention drawn elsewhere. He shuffled off towards a shelf in the corner that was heavy with books and parchment. Ash, meanwhile, also seemed oblivious to the sound. He was meticulously checking over every pot, chest or drawer, being careful not to touch anything. Hmm, where to find a spider silk net? He mumbled to himself. Where, oh where, do we find it? Oscar watched Ash with a grin. Then, catching Rose's eye, motioned to the wood chest the fairy was standing right in front of. Rosa leaned in to get a closer look. There, on the chest's lid, was an ornately carved, dangerous-looking spider, and each corner of the chest displayed a spiderweb carving. Rosa let out a snort of laughter that made Ash turn. <laughs> look down, Ash, she said, tears welling up in her eyes. Oscar couldn't help joining in with his sister's merry laughter. Oh, well, said Ash bashfully. Looks like that, uh, might be it then. But the children's laughter was too much. He couldn't help seeing the humour of the situation and chuckled heartily to himself. <laughs> Eager to share the find with his gnomish friend, he called out, Hey, Quill! It looks like we've found something! But Quilby didn't turn. He was staring down at a thick book, repeating the words, It, it, it can't, can't be... It can't be. Over and over, the others crowded around him. What is it, Quill? asked Rosa. The little gnome turned around slowly. This is, is my grandfather's lost spell book, he said. They all watched in silence as Quilby picked it up from the pile and reverently flipped the aging pages of the spell book. As he lifted the book, a faint click and a sound like grinding stone could be heard coming from somewhere deeper in the caves. But he paid these scant attention as his companions eagerly watched on. Ash put his hand on Quilby's shoulder. I... I can't believe you found it here. After all we've been through, it surely is a sign we're on the right path, lad. Quilby looked up at Ash for a second and smiled, then turned back to flip through another few pages. These... These spells are fundamentally different. They are of the ancient magic. To make these spells work, I need only to know the right verse. No more bat poop and snit whiskers. With this, I can... Quilby paused, eyes fixed on the book. I can become a great wizard, he finished wonderingly. That's great, Quill, said Rosa, giving him a hug. And do you know... You haven't stuttered since you found that book. I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I guess I, I haven't, said Quilby. Oh, oh, but I seem to be back now. Ash patted his shoulder again. Don't worry, my lad. I've noticed that sometimes, when your magical confidence grows, your stutter goes. I just know you'll conquer it one day. 
hope so, Ash. I, I, re I really do, said Quilby, tucking the spellbook tightly under his arm. But right n now, we'd, we'd better f focus on finding the spider silk net. There won't be a one day for us if we can't get this grubble off our backs. You're right, said Ash, and it's our lucky day. Come and have a look at what we've found. As they moved toward the chest, the faint sound of grinding stone abruptly ceased. Kulby cast a questioning look at Ash. Together they listened for a few moments, but on hearing nothing further, they continued towards their goal. All leaned over the chest. In the middle of its lid, in the centre of the spider carving, was an inscription. Ash read it out loud. Tonight, tonight, the spiders climb. Climb as if they have no rhyme, nor reason but to seek the toes. Wrap cocoons up to the nose. Farewell to outfox spider's threat. The gift, arachnid silken net. G -g Go on, Oscar, open it, urged Quilby. Oscar reached for the chest latch and flicked it upward. He then grasped the cold steel of the lid and lifted. At first it appeared jammed, but with Rose's help he managed to budge it. The lid creaked loudly as it was pushed back on its hinges. They all peered inside. The chest was empty. They heard a deep clunk, then silence. An uncomfortable silence. Where's the spider silk net? asked Rosa, looking around at her companions. How can it not be here? We failed, said Oscar, putting his head in his hands. There was a long pause, as they each wondered what on earth they were going to do now. Finally, Corby spoke up, looking sheepishly at his friends. I, I, I think I know why, he said. This whole place is a, a, a t -t test. There, there's m magic everywhere, set up by ancient powerful wizards who are probably long gone. W what if the spell book is, is the only t -t treasure that we are allowed? Perhaps we only had one chance to select what we needed from this room. One visit, one gift, and... and, and I took it. I, I, I think I, I took our only chance. I, I, I fear I have failed us uh, with my greed. The others just stared at him. No one knew what to say. Finally, Ash shook his head. <laughs> no. No, he said. Enough of this flapdoodle. The others all looked at him in surprise. I refuse to believe we have failed, he continued. Quilby, I may not have a wizard's brain like you do, but sometimes it doesn't take the smartest to know what's true. We've come all this way together, and we're not going to give up now. You have a powerful spellbook, and we have the help of our new human friends. We don't have the net, but there's one thing I know. We will find a way to stop this terrible creature and return to our normal lives. All of us. Yeah! Yeah! shouted Oscar and Rosa together. Quilby took a moment, but then nodded. Uh, 
Okay, um, but, but I'm so sorry, everyone. I, I know we really n needed the net, but I'll, I'll do my best to become a b b better wizard and, and use the spell book to, to help us all. But but for now, I'm, I'm not liking all the <laughs> humming and, and clunking going on in this place. Let, let's get out of here. The group departed the treasure room, careful not to touch anything else. They gathered outside in the passageway where, from further down the inky corridor, they felt a slight breeze that hadn't been there before. With the breeze came a stale, almost mouldy smell. Pooh, said Rosa, holding her nose. Sp, 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 stuttered Quilby. He pointed with a trembling hand down the dark passage, then yelled, sp, 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 spider! Many eyes glinted at them from the darkness. Run, children! yelled Ash, pushing Rosa and Oscar back up the passage leading towards the ledge. They ran. Ash grabbed Quilby by the arm, and together they chased after the children. Arms flailed, and legs scrambled as the companions raced upwards, all terrified at the thought of the monstrous spider behind them. As they neared the great cavern ahead, Ash dared a glance back and caught a brief glimpse of blue fur. <laughs> blue fur on a spider? he panted to himself. Ahead of him, the others ran back out onto the ledge, but Ash took another, longer look back. All at once he stopped and burst out laughing. Hearing this, the others stopped too, the terrified expressions on their faces turning into confusion as they stared at Ash. <laughs> Snits, he puffed out of breath. How, how silly of us. All this talk of spider cages. <laughs> Wait for it he said, and within a few seconds two of the strangest-looking creatures the children had ever seen bumbled out of the passageway. Each of the creatures had four large eyes peering out of the three-foot-wide balls of fur that sat atop spindly knob-kneed legs. The creatures made a soft, warbling sound, quite skittish, but also appeared to be curious about the new visitors. <laughs> They're so cute, said Rosa, reaching out to pat the nearest one. And quite harmless too, said Ash, but a very rare and magical creature they are. You see, they're only found in dark, wet cave systems. Ha! Oh no, I'm beginning to sound like Quilby now. He was interrupted by Quilby's voice, once more stuttering, Sp, 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 sp. No, no, Quill, uh, they're just snits. Look, look, said Ash. Actually, we, we should see if we can pry off a loose whisker or two for your spells. But Quilby wasn't looking at the snits. Quilby was facing the other way. All at once, both snits warbled a scream, and as quick as a blue whisker, they disappeared down the passage from which they had come. Quilby was staring down the ledge toward the bridge where... Spider! yelled Oscar. Rosa and Ash now also turned their gazes toward the far end of the cavern. Rosa shrieked. Everyone, stay, stay calm and think, said Ash. We're, we will get through this. Quilby, Quilby, uh, use that precious book of yours, lad, and start looking for a spell. Quickly, while you're coming up with something, we'll work on delaying it. Oscar grabbed Rosa's hand. Neither of them had ever been this scared before. 
nor had they ever seen such a creature. The spider was enormous, eight beady eyes as dark as the inky depths of the crevasse below met eight long furry legs and a huge orb-shaped body that took up most of the width of the ledge. For a moment the spider turned to look at the companions, but quickly it turned its attention back to the dust-covered rope bridge. It was dismantling its strand by dusty strand. Oh no, said Rosa with a squeak, unconsciously wiping her hands against her trouser leg. I think the bridge may have actually been part of the spider's web. What are we going to do, guys? hissed Oscar urgently, struggling to remain calm. Having finished destroying the bridge's webbing, the spider now turned toward the companions. Its eight unblinking black eyes, like silent pools of oil, stared at them. Its venomous fangs curved and sharp. The giant arachnid started slowly toward them, cautious in the presence of these unknown creatures that would make for many delicious meals. Oscar, have you ever been hunting? asked Ash. No, I'm not even twelve yet, responded Oscar on the verge of panic. Right you are, lad said Ash. Not, not to worry. You and I are going to have to buy us some time. We'll have to make the spider think we're more of a threat than we really are. The spider dashed forward a few feet, but stopped abruptly at Rosa's near-deafening scream. Come on, Quill, said Ash, turning to the little gnome, who had been frantically flicking through the pages of his spellbook. I hope you're magicking us up something good. I, I, I think I have something... Quilby said, holding the spellbook open at a page covered in pictures of clouds. The clouds had faces drawn on them, which made them look like they were blowing wind around the page. But we need to be, um... He pointed at the cavernous room beyond the ledge. Down there. The spider rushed forward again and lifted its two front legs in the air threateningly. Um, haven't you got anything that will work right now, Quill? asked Oscar. He could hardly speak from fear. Quilby raced through the book, licking thumb and finger, flipping from section to section. Ash turned to Oscar. It's you and me, Oscar, he said. When it comes forward again, we'll need to give it something to think about. You roar like a dragon and wave your arms about like crazy, and I'll wave my club. The spider took another jump closer. Now, yelled Ash, and he and Oscar stepped forward, roaring like the mightiest of dragons, waving their arms and stomping like frenzied warriors. Alas, their efforts had little impact on the spider, who merely retreated a few steps before rearing up again and resuming its threatening advance. It was at this moment that Rosa found her courage. Her fear melted away, as the beginnings of an idea came to her. What was it you said about riddles before, Osk? She yelled. What's that, Rosa? Oscar threw back. We're a little busy here. She found her voice, her loud voice. What's the secret of riddles, Oscar? She shouted. Oscar was confused, but could hardly spare the time to think about what his sister was getting at. He broke into another roar when the spider scuttled forward again. In the lull that followed, as the spider darted momentarily backward, it at last came to him. Sometimes the answer's within the riddle itself, he called. That's it, called back Rosa before glancing down at the chamber below. What, what was that nonsense carved into the pillar? She thought out loud. 
Maybe it wasn't nonsense at all. Maybe it, too, was a sort of riddle. The words came back to her. When things get grim, a dive and swim may drive the danger off. Rosa waved her hand in the air, out below the level of the ledge, and felt her hand slow down, just as it had when they were on the floor of the chamber below. I think I've got it, she yelled. But something else in the room was thinking the same thing.